Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Last Airbender is over, but we are just getting started here on Social Recaps. That's right, it's full spoiler recaps where we're binging a new season of a show every week and chatting about it in full spoilery detail in just one podcast. I'm Jess Sterling, and today we are discussing Netflix's live action series, Avatar The Last Airbender. And of course, as always, I am joined here uh, by one of the, uh, what do they call themselves, the Avatar crew, something like that, uh, Grace Leader. Grace, how are you? I'm so excited. I, I watched uh, both the movies. Um, the the blue people, they're great. I think this is some of James Cameron's <laughs> best work. Pandora, beautiful, stunning. So I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, the best part is you probably spent more time watching the Avatar movies than you would have just watching the series. Yeah, maybe. It's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. Yeah. No, I watched, I watched Avatar on Netflix, the live action series. And I'm yeah. excited to talk about it. Yeah. We have so much to discuss. Of course, uh, if you're not subscribed, you can do so. PosherRecaps.com slash full spoiler recaps. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. You can go watch it right now. And this is going to be a really interesting discussion, Grace, because we're coming at this from two very different perspectives. You have not seen any, besides the James Cameron Blue People, you've not seen any Avatar, uh, the animated series. No, I have written about several of the characters through the Posture Recaps patron (laughs) Discord brand Steel game that we run with TV characters. But uh, Mm -hmm. no, I've never watched much of, I've, I've never watched like a full episode of the show. I probably watched YouTube clips. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I went into this uh, pretty unaware of the show. Yeah, and I'm coming at it from I've seen all of Avatar The Last Airbender animated series. I watched it originally back in 2020 when we were in lockdown. Uh, And then very recently, less than a month ago, I watched all of Korra, which is kind of the sequel series to Avatar. Um, And I did a little bit of rewatching of the animated series in preparation for this podcast because... I really wanted to make sure I understood my thoughts and that I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like people incepting me or like my own faulty memory not being great from, Mm -hmm. you know, three, four years ago. So I'm really excited to talk about this because I think it is, it's a really interesting discussion to have coming at it from a person who's, you know, seen the original content versus not. And I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on the, on the series. Jess? I really liked it. Okay. A lot. I thought this was pretty good. I thought this was not perfect, but I thought for what I was going to get out of this, it's good. Here's the thing. This happens all the time with Ariel and I on Post Show Recaps Theater. Mm -hmm. It is really hard to go see a movie without really knowing what people think about the movie nowadays. And Yeah, it's almost impossible. It's pretty much impossible. I tried really hard not to watch trailers. Pretty hard when you go to watch movies like four times. I do you know how many of the last you just plug your ears and go la 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 la. <laughs> how many of the last since last Thursday? How many movies do you think I've seen since last Thursday? A, oh, sorry. I shall say in a movie theater. In a movie theater since five days ago. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you watch a lot of. I'm going to say you've seen three movies in five days. Nope. I've seen a movie every day. And then I did two yesterday. So, uh, so many movies. <laughs> yeah. So I see a lot of movies. So I see a lot of trailers and trailers, are not the same as like public opinion. Public mm-hmm. opinion is the one that I feel like I'm, I, I would much rather not know anybody's opinion 
of of a movie before I go yeah. see it. I'm very much uh, this is a big DJ LaBelle Klein aka Troy theory. I once he was going to come on for Top Gun Maverick and he had not seen it and I said, "Have you seen it yet?" He said, "No." And I said, "Oh, it was amazing." He said, "La la la, don't tell me da, ba, ba, da, ba, da. don't even tell me it's amazing." He doesn't yeah. want any like setup for whether it's good or bad. He doesn't want to be thinking in the movie about how Grace thought this was good. Now I'm maybe not enjoying as much as I think Grace might enjoy that it was good. Mm-hmm. I have to say, I don't mind it when something has pretty low ex- when people are not liking it because yeah, all I kept thinking about while I was watching was like, I don't think this is as bad as everyone's saying it is. But I don't yeah. have any context for why people would think this uh, could have been better. So I shall say that. But I thought it was very good. Yeah. Um. Gosh. So I will say I struggled with like my TikTok algorithm all of the sudden was all avatar all day, baby. Like it was really hard to avoid public opinion on this. I binged it fairly quickly. You know, me and my husband watched it over the past few days. And I also will say uh, because I watched it with him, he is a big avatar fan. Like he recently rewatched the entire series. He's seen it a few times. He's pretty, and he has a much better memory than I do. So he knows like when we're watching whether or not how faithful the adaptation is, you know? So I did rely on him quite a bit to, to remind me of certain things of how certain things may have happened in the animated series versus the live action series. Um, What I will say is I think when I started the series, I was like, fairly underwhelmed overall by the end of the series I was like a little annoyed and it's and it's interesting because I think that there are certainly pros and cons and I'm not here to like completely bash the series because I think there's a lot to love but I also think they made some decisions that were like pretty questionable um so yeah and so with that being said Grace before we get into like the quick quick plot recap um after watching the live action series would you be interested in going back and watching the the animated series I'm just yes because i think the strongest thing about the show is the world building and the and the basis for pretty much everybody's story i think is like the strongest piece in terms of a setup of like what this is and then knowing that most people think like either that this uh i feel like the reactions i've seen are like Eh, I wouldn't have made those choices, but overall, I kind of understand that they have to condense some stuff. And then to the like fully like outright, like, no, I think this is like bad writing. And we know that the creators of the animated series like left the production of the show. Yeah. Uh, Which was another thing that I knew going in. And I do think colors your opinion of something because it's like if the creators left because of like creative differences. okay, that's not great because you like the source material so much, you know? So I think that also kind of is a little tricky to get around when you're trying to consume something with blind, like not blindfold on because you got to see the show, but you know, with uh, blinders, like, like the horses. Yeah. I, I, you know, this has like, you know, audience scores, uh, you know, Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb scores aren't, aren't everything, but this does have like a 75% uh, audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which I do think is like, maybe a bit lower than I would give it. So I think that that, if you think about that, a lot of people are like very protective over this thing and thinking yeah. that it's like, you know, and, and, and it's, it's totally fair for people to think that this is like really bad. That's totally fair. I don't think it was very, very bad. So um, yeah, I would rate it like probably a smidge, like maybe an eight out of 10 for me. This is, mm-hmm. is what this show I think, but yeah, it definitely does make me want to watch more, but I said this about one piece and then I didn't go watch more one piece. So yeah. we shall yeah. see. Oh, and also for those worried, uh, if if like you are interested in watching the animated series, I'm not going to spoil anything from the animated series. I am going to make like some comparisons because I think a lot of people listen to this podcast probably will have seen the animated series. So at the very least, I'll be making, you know, some comparisons to season one of the animated series, which is basically what this is trying to to cover and, is all of season one. And there is a full uh, rewatch uh, podcast of Amazon yeah. Los Angeles called Ang in there that was on post show recaps one of the very first uh, era of, of like kind of like I think just before the the discord uh, Patreon yeah. uh, launched I think about that same time so uh, it's there waiting for you Zach and Jacob uh, do that if you want more coverage of the live action I know that uh, Chappelle was joined by Isaiah 8ball uh, from Silent Podcasts uh, over mm-hmm. on the, Netflix this week so there's that but uh, yeah we'll chat about it here yeah all right, Grace, do you have a, a little bit of a quick plot recap? Yeah, uh, be, you know, I feel like I'm not probably the person to do this, but, uh, you yeah. know, 
Uh, we meet Aang at the beginning of the show. He is an airbender. Uh, he's uh, extremely powerful. Uh, we learn this, and then we learn sort of that he doesn't know this, but he is the next Avatar. Uh, the you know a singular person who can control the four elements can water, can can bend the four elements, and basically when one dies, they are spiritually replaced by another one. So Aang is the newest um, uh, Avatar. Just as the Fire Nation is about to attack, they sort of launch this uh, you know foe attack that they're going to attack um the earthbenders i believe and then are secretly going to go actually attack is it the waterbenders they're going to go attack the airbenders because they know that's where the avatar is Uh, doesn't matter yeah they they attack the airbenders basically killing all of them off except for Aang because he's not there he's frozen in ice for 100 years he's going to be woken up and meets katara and soka uh katara being uh, a waterbender they're basically going to go on this journey of like the fire you know the fire nation is uh um you know, at war with all the other, the other nations. Um, and, uh, they're going to be chased specifically by Prince Zuko, whose mm-hmm. sole mission is to find the avatar and bring him home. He's mentored by uncle, uh, uh Iroh. Uh, we are going to learn the backstory of Prince Zuko, um, being that's like his father, uh, fire Lord Ozai, like basically doesn't really believe in his power or like, you know, in his ability to he exiles to, him. Yeah. yeah he exiles him until he can come back. I thought that was fascinating. Um, there's also this uh, general Zhao who's also uh, uh, tracking um, Aang. And uh, yeah, we go on this like romp throughout different uh, areas of, of, you know, the different, the different nations until mm-hmm. ultimately culminating in sort of a battle uh, between the fire nation and all their ships uh, where they're going to try and destroy the ability for basically any waterbender to have powers by like, you know, removing the moon, the, the, the moon from the spirit world. Um, and goes into this sort of, I, again, I'm not the person, but the state yeah, avatar of being, mode is, avatar is, mode. Yeah. The avatar to, state to basically to, to fight them off uh Tatara's dealing with uh, some personal you know some some misogyny from this the the northern uh water tribe that ultimately she is able to convince them to be able to 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 use women who can water bend uh in the battle to fend them off and yeah anything else i missed yet you know they 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 fight off the the fire nation uh, but we also get this threat of azula who is uh who is uh so uh, yeah princess azula yeah zuko's sister who seems to be sort of like maybe has the power to lead the fire nation uh and had been been mentoring or or giving intel to to zao um zao's killed by by zuko and kind of iroh i think iroh but iroh kills him which is uh different than the animated series (laughs) no what Um, i missed i missed really important stuff what i missed no, I think that pretty much sums it up. Um, uh, Katara is a waterbender. I, I think you mentioned that Sokka doesn't have any bending abilities, which is interesting because he's a part of Team Avatar. Um, and and yeah, like it's all about season one of this show and the animated show is basically the building of Team Avatar. And it is every season of avatar is focused on a specific type of bending so season one is water bending mm. um and that that's you know kind of mirroring the animated show in that way um so yeah let's let's get into it and i think i kind of want to start with the cast because i think you know this is again a huge step up from the movie where they did a poor poor job of representation almost everybody was white uh and very obviously you know this should be a diverse cast when we're talking about uh the water tribes or you know based on indigenous people and their tribes and you know it's just you want to see the representation so it was nice to have that on this live action series i think we also were getting so many new names and faces like pretty much all you know all the younger people are unknowns this was not a problem for me because I was so initiated with basically almost everybody of note has been cast in the brand steel uh, in the yeah. Discord. So it really was not a problem for me to be like, oh, that's a, that's Azula. That's Soka. That's Katara. That's Momo. It's like I knew everybody. Uh, there's some people yeah. I were not, had been not introduced to, but most people. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, yeah. I think the casting was okay. I feel like if I'm going to do like pros, cons, and then like a meh list in the middle – I felt like the acting, particularly from the children, was, like, pretty meh overall. And I'm not saying, like, they can't improve. Like, this is just season one, and I know they're planning on doing more seasons. Um, I felt like probably the best casting of the kids overall 
was Sokka. I felt like he he fit the bill of Sokka's character the most. And even then, I think Sokka, we should talk about the, the sexism thing, Grace, because this is yeah. a big, I've seen a lot of people online complaining in the animated show, Sokka is a very sexist character. This is something that is the, from the very beginning. He underestimates Katara. He underestimates every woman he meets. And we know, because as you could see in this live action series, he's a lot of powerful women. Mm-hmm. You know, he meets Suki. Um, he meets um, the, the moon goddess. Like there's a lot of powerful women that he's around and he constantly is underestimating them. And that is a big part of his overall character journey and character arc. And it is completely removed from the live action series. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Obviously, coming from a from a different perspective of not having seen the original uh, Sokka. Okay, so so not really. Uh, you know, there there obviously I was then surprised that like there is a a full story about sexism in the show. So I was like, eh, okay, and but the idea that it doesn't come from Soka, the 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 piece that I think. Is I can see how it is annoying for it to be removed. And this is almost seems counterintuitive to like, you know, the idea of wokeness that we would be like, we put the sexism back in the show, you know, like yeah. it feels it feels backwards. But you know, I am a big believer, you know, from you know, the first podcast I, you know, that I hosted was called Hold Up, but we would look at media and see if it held up. And the piece is like for us with like queer representation was who is being like laughed at or are we laughing with or or at you? And if we're laughing like with the homophobic character, it does not hold up. If we're laughing at the homophobic character, it does. The best example of this, I know this is going to be a wild uh, uh, leap to make, but the Simpsons, there's an episode of a very famous episode of the Simpsons where Homer uh, has a friend who is played by John Waters who ends up being gay, but he finds out after he's like loves him like as a mm-hmm. friend, like he's like, this guy's great. And then if it turns out he's gay and he's like, oh, no, like, no, like he can't be gay. He's going to turn Bart gay. And the whole episode, like Homer is so clearly in the wrong. And by the end of the episode, he obviously learns, you know, his character development. He's like, you know, OK, you can hang out with us, blah, blah, blah. I imagine the same is to be said about Soga's character in Avatar, that a character yeah. can have sexist beliefs that then they learn and that they're proven wrong in those sexist beliefs. What doesn't work, obviously, in media is when it's just like sexism. Uh, that's funny. Like, is it doesn't it, exist. That, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. or like, isn't that so funny and true that like, you know, whatever stereotype right. you make about women. But the idea is that he grows and learns from it. So the idea that like we need to remove problematic traits from people from all media to make it woke is just wrong um and actually is an yeah. ineffective learning tool i think actually uh, i guess it's an ineffective but i do think like an effective learning tool can be to have a character like soka who shows that he has sexist beliefs because of whatever reason he has them and then is proven wrong and ultimately changes his mind and isn't that we want from society and humanity is for people to realize that they're wrong about their beliefs right. uh, that yeah. they have that are untrue I tend to agree with that. I mean, at first I wasn't, I will say like in the very beginning, the first few episodes, I wasn't super bothered by the fact that they had removed that aspect of his personality. However, or like his beliefs, I should say. However, like it really undermines his overall journey because it's through meeting all these very powerful, strong women that he like learns how wrong he is. And you're right on the animated series. It is very much treated as Sokka is an idiot. Like he's being stupid and it's so uh, he gets embarrassed a hundred times when he, you know, there's a scene where he's like challenging uh, Suki to, you know, to fight him. And she is like this Kyoshi warrior. And he like has the audacity to be like, I can defeat you. And she, she hands it to him. She shows him. And so having that part removed, it also, in my opinion, hindered Katara as a character because I, I'm very interested to hear how you perceived Katara in this series because she is, in my opinion, very different than the animated series version of Katara. Um, I liked her. I don't know that she is the has the most interesting stuff going. Actually, you know what? That's not true. I actually think there's uh, parts we'll get to about my favorite scenes and her backstory is one of my favorite things uh, uh in the oh, show with her mother so, and everything yeah mm-hmm. that's brutal uh yeah so i loved that um i i really do i you know i really like the story all season long about ang 
learning that he has to do it himself. And and this is a thing that I think is like so good. And and again, I bet, you know, to everybody listening, probably what you're going to, you're going to be th- anybody who's watched the animated series. What I bet you're going to say the whole time is as I say something that I liked, they'll be like, but it's so much better in the animated show. I could just, yeah. Feel that that's oh, of course. It's so, certainly, so, certainly. So I love the idea that, the avatar is this thing that has existed through many iterations and that Aang is trying to feel like these are the people who are the most, the, the greatest teachers who could be better than the people who were avatars before. And they keep saying things like you have to do it alone. But even these different avatars have been like, Oh, but you know, that's how she did it. But I, you know, that's not how, mm-hmm. that's not how I did it. And so this idea that then Katara mostly, but also Soka are like then being like, like, no, no, like, just because they fought uh, ever did everything alone doesn't mean you have to do everything alone. Yeah. But that balance between him being someone who was like so powerful when he when Aang says, um, training for me wasn't about getting stronger, it was about controlling my ability. Like mm-hmm. that's all stuff I really love. And and nothing is better for me than like I really do love stories that are like uh, that are um live together, die alone, like that theme. Mm-hmm. So it's like obviously gonna resonate with me. But so and Qatar's like a big, a big piece of that. Even the, you know, the story that does involve sexism in the show, which is that the the North, the Northern Water tribe doesn't let women mm-hmm. use their powers. And she's like, oh, but like look, like, you know, just let us help. And then she does. And then these like people come up to her and are like, they said that actually we should listen to you. you know, we should follow you. Like I did I did like it a lot. So yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm missing, Jess. So. <clears throat> Yeah, so Katara in the animated series is um, much more of a leader, I think, than she's portrayed on on this show. And in a way where I think because they removed the Sokka sexism part, they also kind of removed Katara being a bit matronly, which she very much is. She is, in my opinion, the leader of the three of them at the very beginning. And on top of that... um, her and Aang's relationship, like their, you know, their friendship, their connection to me was like very much missing from, from this series versus the animated series. So much of season one sets up their bond and them learning waterbending together. And so, and like she teaches him and he teaches her, in my opinion, it's very much like a, they're a little competitive. And so it kind of, they fuel each other in that way to be better and be stronger and be better at waterbending. And I think a lot of Katara's storyline felt like pretty bland to me. Like it didn't feel like the Katara that I know, which is like, she's so strong. She's so assertive. She stands up for what she believes in. And she's also very much a leader of this trio and I just I, I felt like they gave a lot of Katara's agency away in this in the series and didn't have her as that like very strong force that I was hoping to see. Um, a lot of the, the storyline is the same, you know, everything with her mother and all of that. And that I, I will agree. I think they did a good job with that, like the emotion and everything. Um, the acting, again, it, for me is a little iffy. Like I don't I wasn't always fully there with the kid acting you know i think it's it's hard they're young and you like you want to be able to feel what they're feeling and like have them sit in those emotions um but yeah i just felt like that was a little a little missing from katara's storyline i just felt like of the three of the trio and katara and Sokka, to me i felt like katara was the furthest from the character that i know and and love from the animated mm-hmm. series um, but let's, let's talk a little can I, bit. Can about, I just say, yeah. uh, I, I just, not to be like, yeah, you know, but like, I, I feel like basically everything other than her being a leader of the trio, cause I would agree that she not really, I would not portray her as the leader of the trio. It does kind of, I feel like it's much more like they all have moments at different times of being the one to be. And that's right certainly true them. in the animated series too. Like they all have their moments. So, but I guess the other thing I would, is that like, I feel like the stuff you're saying about like where they're learning from each other, it, it's certainly not as like competitive in nature, but I feel like that's in there. Like of them. Well, the like, main thing I'm thinking is um, like, there is a scene where Aang and Katara are down by a stream, right? And he's trying to help her with her bending. Yes. Um, my, one of my biggest gripes, I think with this season being that it is season one, it is supposed to be the water bending season. Aang did not water bend a single time. Mm. And that is wild. Like, as someone who watched the animated series, it is insane yeah. to me that yeah. he did not waterbend at all because in the animated series, he waterbends. In fact, he's better than Katara and it pisses her off. Mm. And that fuels them to then like, like improve with each other. And then when they get to the Northern Water Tribe, they're trained. They're actually trained, which does not happen. 
on this series. And that is how Katara becomes a master. She exceeds Aang's like prowess in waterbending. And so there's always this like a little bit of a back and forth all season with them of who's going to excel more at waterbending. Mm. And I just felt like with having Aang not waterbend at all, I was like very thrown off at like, what the heck? Like he's, he remember the entire purpose of him, of the, of the avatar is to learn all right. of the elements to be able to keep the world, you know, diplomatic and at peace. He didn't learn waterbending the season. He didn't learn it at all. And I was so upset because it's like, that's a huge component of being the avatar. Mm. And that was the whole purpose in going to the Northern water tribe, you know, is so he could learn waterbending and to not have it was just wild. Like I, it was a choice, you know? Can um one thing I want to say about the I actually I actually really didn't mind the the acting at all and I think part of it and I'm gonna I'm gonna use a comment that uh, I believe you, I think Will made in the Discord which is that mm -hmm. the show the animated show had these moments that show us like there's a little bit of like oh they're still kids uh, and that is my biggest gripe with this series absolutely yes okay when I saw that. I the first thing I thought was like, oh, the way to know that they're kids is that they're all kids. <laughs> I know that sounds but really it's, silly. No, it's, but that's the thing, though, is it's different when you see the animated series. There's so many lighthearted moments. And Aang is such a kid, man, which is why Katara is feels like more the leader to me. Aang is 11 years old, 12 years old. He is like a kid and he jokes and he plays and he doesn't take stuff seriously all the time. And I felt like this Aang was so oh. serious. Oh, I didn't think, I don't think that at all. I thought that they were all like, Soka is definitely the one who has the most, like he has the jokey quippy line at the, like, the end of the scene. Yeah. But I thought all of them for the most part, like, and I, I think it's just that they're, they're literal children. It's really hard like kids, yeah. to not make it, what, even Aang's voice, like he's, he well, sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. so young. Um, I didn't, you know, there's like the moments where like when he, uh, when he goes to meet, his former master like his original oh, master kiyoshi i think gyatso right Gyatso. i'm so sorry uh, yes no, no, kiyoshi okay. is the other avatar gyatso i'm not so great with the name no no that's yeah. fine uh like i feel like he feels very childish in that moment and like there is a yeah. seriousness but it's like we'll have more time like it's such a childlike innocence to not understand that like oh no you this you're not gonna be able to come back here dude like this guy's got like i i felt like and i and then the show like surprised me like with how dark it can be. So I think in episode one, they're literally burning bodies. And I'm like, that, whoa. But that again, that is very different than the animated series because the animated series is a kid's show. Yeah. And there this and this this is why I was very concerned. And again, really hard to go into something with com you know completely blind. But I had heard that the creators were like, Oh yeah, we want a Game of Thronesify the show. And I'm like, I'm very nervous because that's not what the show is. And it did feel very dark at times. And I was a little, you know, maybe that's what they intended. Like maybe that was like what they wanted the result to be. But it just felt like there could have been more moments that were fun because there are so many laugh out loud moments in the animated series that I felt like it was just kind of missing. Like everything is so dark and everything is so tragic. And yeah, in the animated series, Aang is like, he feels the weight of the world on his shoulders quite a bit because he's the avatar. But he also, he has these like very fun, lighthearted moments that... I think it was, you know, everything felt very dark and dour uh, in this version. I, I fully, I will say that is not my interpretation of the show. Yeah. Everything was dark. My interpretation is that like, they oftentimes were like three kids trying to figure it out. Uh, and mm -hmm. I like, I like, again, I come in with no context of the show to know what's different, but I did not feel like, yeah. like I, I was surprised by, like, I feel like when it was dark, I was like, oh my gosh. But I also, I you know this i love dark content so it was love like dark, for me yeah. the most and and you know i i actually i want to give the show some credit in terms of like i actually thought that like there's a way in which like if soka doesn't land his line his little quippy line of like you know where he i can't think of like, an actual joke that he made but he's like but he you know he'd be like actually can we have three apple you know or like whatever I, whatever stupid mm -hmm. whatever thing he would say like it so easily couldn't have worked you know and i actually i did think it like did work in the way to make it feel like they i don't know i thought it worked so i yeah. thought the balance of the tone for me was something that did work yeah, yeah. 
Something yeah. I do think like the casting department did uh, a pretty good job with was I thought Dallas Lewis Prince Zuko was pretty good casting. Like it's really hard. Zuko is an incredible villain. He is like notorious. Like it, he's a really excellent character, especially with Iroh. Iroh is so beloved, so mm. so beloved. It's so hard to nail the casting. I think they did a pretty good job between Zuko and Iroh. I thought their relationship was pretty good. Um, like Zuko, I think lacked a little bit. I, I wanted to see a little bit more of a temper sometimes because he's very intense in the mm. animated series. Mm-hmm. But overall, I was pretty pleased with the Zuko and Iroh stuff. Iroh is is hard to like cast him because the the guy who voiced Iroh, it just you hear his voice. Like, you know what I mean? Right. It's hard. Um, but I thought they did a really good job. I I thought that the relationship between them it felt like it it uh, captured the essence of the animated series. So the Zuko stuff is probably my favorite stuff in the whole show because mm-hmm. I kind of, yeah, I, I know a little bit about him. Um, but even though I was like, oh, the eye, the eye thing is so interesting. And so that's probably my yeah. favorite backstory stuff. And I will get to it when we talk about favorite scenes. But I think that's some of the best stuff. And this is where I feel like the foundation for obviously what the show is. Like this is stuff they're pulling from the animated show. This is what makes me want to watch the animated show because mm-hmm. the foundation is so strong. I do I do really like, I loved Ira a lot. I think, um, you know, again, I don't know what I'm missing, but I, I think like I really, really liked that the, the tension between Aang and Zuko and there's one specific moment where Ang keeps being like, you know, clearly this guy, like he can see that Zuko is hurting in a way that like nobody else is like at least like wanting to to yeah. recognize. And there's a scene where I think it's after Zuko goes to like rest, like take him out, like and then like kidnaps him or whatever and then they things get turned around where he gets shot in the head and so then he's helping him yes and he puts him in the boat and he wakes him up and he's like something along the lines like you know you don't have to do this all alone and zuko like tries to shoot fire at ang and ang blocks it mm-hmm. and then and then zuko like goes out into the boat uh into the water and i was like oh that's so good because like you think this would be the moment where zuko should be like Ah, you're right. I should change. And it's like, he doesn't. I thought it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's not realistic. Like right. For yeah. people's growth. And yeah, I totally not agree for with a that. 17 year old boy too. It's so good. Yeah. It's like, totally agree. He's stubborn. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a character that I think, uh, really expanded upon in, in this season, uh, that wasn't really explored a whole heck of a lot in season one of the animated series is Azula. Azula mm. grace is, probably my favorite character in the entire oh, series interesting. not not this version of azula <laughs> um uh the thing is is she really isn't shown much we we really only get a glimpse of her in season one she's explored much more later but she is if you think zuko is a villain my gosh azula brings it to another level and for me i did not get that vibe from her on the show she is horrifying like she is you are shaking in your boots around Azula because she is just cutthroat. She will, she doesn't care. And I just, you know, I, the tension between her and her father is very different than it is on the show and the animated series. I didn't mind it as much. Like, you know, they can have some conflict. That's fine. But yeah, I just, I wanted more from her. I wanted like intensity in a way I, I just didn't get knowing that she is as like, intense as she is on the animated series i just wasn't getting that vibe from her on the show um can i uh, don't spoil it because i don't know yeah. if split, but um does ozai only have two kids um i believe so mm, that's to too my bad. memory he should have one other kid and then one that uh, is from a previous marriage and then we could fully do fire fire nation succession <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. of like, that uh, would just, be incredible. Yeah, so Zula's Shiv, Zuko's Kendall. Uh, right? Make it happen because that would be, yeah. I would watch it. I would yeah, have We just need like a Roman that. and we need a Connor uh, to be in there somewhere. Um, yeah. No, I, yeah, Azula, the, yeah, sh- the, I feel really bad critiquing children actors. So I don't, but I, yeah, I wish she was maybe more uh, like intense. Uh, you know, maybe a yeah. little, but uh, you know, whatever. She's. I will say, like the uh, costuming and all of that. You know, to to give some props oh, to a lot of the characters. Show. Yeah, the beautiful, yeah, gorgeous, like costumes. Uh, I have one gripe, which we'll get to. Uh, costumes incredible. The bending itself was 
awesome. Yeah, like firebending, yeah. the ice, everything, right? All of that stuff was so cool. Some of the CGI stuff is a little iffy here and there, but I could forgive that. The final battle, gorgeous, Grace. Like absolutely incredible watching like the ship smash into ice and stuff. Yeah. 10 out of 10. I love those moments. I know Stuart had some uh, gripes with, the, I think, the green screening of the show. Gotta yeah. be honest, I'm so glad I barely noticed this stuff because uh, it feels great to just watch the show and not be like, oh, shoot. It's good. It's like, it's like an I spy. When you see it, you see it. Now you can't unsee it. Yeah. So I it did see so it. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. I was just watching along. Unfortunate. You know? yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I stood, so I actually did read your comment about the costuming thing, and then I could not unsee that. So thanks a lot, Jess. I'm so sorry. Yeah, the one, uh, the one that I was like very like, what are we doing here? UA looked like she had a Party City wig on. Like, what are we doing? Like, you have Netflix money, people. Get get her a lace front wig. What are you doing? You know, talk to some drag race people. I was I was pissed. That was some polyester hair. That was terrible. Yeah, I didn't notice it. And then, I, and then you said it and I noticed it. And I was like, oh, this is pretty bad. But they really didn't so notice bad. it before then. So yeah, be careful, so everybody. Be careful on your wig watch. Yeah. 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 Watch out for those wigs. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that's pretty much uh the cast. I mean, like, again, uh shouts to like I thought Sebastian Amoruso as Jet was really pretty accurate to the Jet I remember on the show. Um, Suki, like 10 out of 10. Mm. Love Suki. She is incredible. She's the Kyoshi warrior with the mm -hmm. makeup, and damn that makeup wipe worked real quick when she yeah. wiped that crap off. <laughs> Yeah, what the heck? Wait, but Yui, what, uh, Soka, what are you doing? Didn't you have a thing? Didn't he have a thing with, with. Oh, Sokka, Sokka just falls in love constantly. It's fine. What a, what a, uh, we should probably <laughs> maybe at this point talk a little bit. I've, I've mentioned him and now again. So good. There was a, there was a casting controversy that happened uh, two yeah. years ago when he was cast in the show. I haven't seen much about it when I was I Googling. tried to look it up and see, but it doesn't look like anyone ever like validated those rumors. There was basically, it was a question of whether or not uh, the actor who plays Sokka, uh, Ian or Ian Ousley, I think yeah. Um, yeah. is actually so indigenous so, um, so this yeah. is a thing. There was a thing with Elizabeth Warren. You might have seen a, a politician in the United States, a senator, um, about fictitious claims of being indigenous. And mm -hmm. uh, this happens. There's um, uh, uh, a lot of this is actually in Canada. It's happened at universities a lot where people get found out that they are not indigenous, but they have received, uh, you know, they teach courses on indigenous history or gotten their um, their tenure because they were indigenous. So the complicated history of this is that and unsurprisingly you'll find out that it has to do essentially with racism um Shocker. And yes so the the sort of way that this happened so with with ian Osley, the, the thing that sort of happened was he has sort of a claim from a tribe a cherokee tribe but that tribe like affiliation is sort of an undocumented it's not federally recognized right it does seem like there's some evidence that like people who have used it in the past have used it to create fictitious indigenous claims to claim that, that they're cherokee there's only three cherokee nations that you can get affiliation from that is federally recognized in the united states you can so that doesn't mean that his is fictitious but it does mean that the claim he has from the tribe that he is claiming to have Cherokee ancestry from is one that has dubious claims. That does not mean that he is not Cherokee. Right. Okay. Secondary. Mm -hmm. There is this thing of like, well, why do you have to be federally recognized to be indigenous? And that goes through, you know, in Canada, again, I'm Canadian. So I'm going to speak to Canadian history. That's because there's a, there was a thing called the Indian act, which is a racist name um, that basically legislates like treaties and also then you have to to be able to access benefits in not in a fully sort of like reciprocal way of like we mistreated you but to a degree there's an element of that like you you might not pay as much for tuition or you you know all of these things that 
you would have had to have some way to prove that you have that ancestry. So then tribes get recognized to give their citizens. And in Canada, this is called like Indian status. Again, an outdated term that we don't use anymore, but this is the official name of the legislation. And you have to have that. And there are ways in which people who are indigenous um, either can't or can't, you know, if you were never able to have proof that you were, you can never claim it. This is obviously harder for people who don't maybe have, uh, who might not look indigenous either. And so there's, a, there's, there's so many complicated layers. I have a very good friend of mine who his dad is indigenous, but, uh, my friend, uh, he looks, he's, he's white, passing mm-hmm. and nobody would ever assume he's indigenous and he actually chooses not to claim um uh, indian status because he doesn't believe he his personal belief is he does not need the things that indeed that the indian act was designed to provide for people so he doesn't feel mm-hmm. like he's at a disadvantage and when he was like applying for school or things like like there's reasons why he did not feel like he needed to apply for it so all of this yeah. to say is it's very layered and very complicated it's also you know, the United States government, the Canadian government having jurisdiction over who can then claim ancestry of their own tribes. Then you get, so then the secondary issue of this is not just that like institutionalized, governmentalized racism. Then there's also this, that people can exploit these systems. So why this happens in universities a lot is because finding a job where you would be an indigenous person who could teach an indigenous um, uh, history or whatever you're teaching is a very there's not as many of those jobs and then Mm -hmm. if you can get it and maybe you look like you're indigenous but you're not indigenous you can get away for a long time because there's so many like it might be easy to fabricate the documents or like just say or sign up for something here and then say you are you can get away with that so i think the assumptions about ian osley the immediate assumption is like he is taking away jobs from real indigenous people by doing Mm -hmm. this but there's also the very complicated nature that he might actually be indigenous and because of the way that this system was created right so it's extremely complicated and we cannot say on this podcast whether or not he is indigenous. right there's no proof either way and so it, it is what it is it was something that was a bit controversial at the time but like largely looking at the cast like it's the the, the diversity in the cast is like absolutely outstanding and incredible um and also I mean, if i said anything that was wrong in that statement those are my understandings i am a white person who has, does not have to deal with these i'm sure i studied some indigenous history but that does not make me an expert nor should i say that i'm an expert mm-hmm. if any of that is wrong please let me know I'll try to clarify it in some manner i'll retweet you uh etc uh, etc et uh to clarify anything that i said um that is my best interpretation of what i understand after doing uh, i've studied some of this and and, and um and, and did some research before the podcast today but again if i am wrong please uh please let me know and i'm mostly saying that though to people who are indigenous or understand that the complications mm-hmm. of this from that perspective more than so that i'm looking for white people to tell me that you know <laughs> he's actually not indigenous and he's a big fat pony so. yeah <laughs> um but yeah just to shout out some of the other like some of the great casting because i thought by and large most of the adults I thought were really great. Like Daniel Day Kim is oh, that like 10 out of 10. So good. Um, I uh, said, we love some last revisit Ken Long in there as uh, commander. Yeah. I, I quite liked him. I yes. know people, uh, no, I thought he was about, pretty no. good. And especially when we got the scene between uh, him and is it Fran- Francois Chow? Is that his name? Um, uh, it was the father and son from Lost just hanging oh, out yeah, together. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Uh, I thought that was really fun. And so, yeah, like I. Danny Pudi is the mechanist. Very fun. Danny community. Pudi, he was good. Yep. Yeah, I thought yep. the adults were really, really good overall, and I really didn't have many gripes. Iro, I thought was pretty good casting as well. Ooh, um, we love, we love Paul Sonnen Lee. It was great. Yeah, so yeah. good. Uh, so yeah, overall, I thought the casting was was pretty good. Like I said, if I had like my my positives from the show would certainly be the bending looked incredible. The fight scenes were really fun. Um, I the adult casting was really good. The, again, the child casting was okay. Like I felt like decent about it. Mm-hmm. I felt like the writing was like kind of clunky. Um, especially because, and that's why I can't blame the actors all the way because when they're not given like great writing, I think that's like tough to act through that. But like the writing on the show is so good and crisp and like oh. And then I felt like some of it just didn't translate super well. And again so biased coming into it having watched sure. the animated series where you probably hey. you may not have had that reaction 
you know, it's funny, the writing, I know, like, it's not the best writing I've ever seen, but I actually, you know, it's it's kind of the idea that it's a kid's show that I actually was like, and do you know what, some of the best writing ever has been done on children's shows, so that's not to be like, you can be, you can have worse yeah. writing than kids' shows, like, it's not true, but I kind of like, that's why I was giving it maybe more of a pass. Uh, very funny, as someone who has not watched the shares, I was still very excited to see Cabbage Merchant, who I know a lot about, again. I was the, gonna say, that was, to me, the biggest, um, what is it called, like, fan service thing they yeah. did, was yeah. like, you just wanted him to say cabbages and he kept yeah. getting interrupted and we're on the edges of our seats like say cabbages very good uh george takai as as co the face healer was very fun uh in there yeah so, would have yeah. been better if they did it properly but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> wow you could just probably sum up the whole podcast uh in that of being like yeah it was good but it would have been way better if they did it like the show that's the podcast. <laughs> listen that's the podcast. here's the thing because i don't want to be like that person who just craps no, I... all over it but it's in my opinion like I'm okay with them condensing stories, like, you know, shifting things around. They did a lot of that they, because they have eight episodes that were like, give or take an hour. And they're condensing like 20 something episodes that are 20 something minutes, but still 20 episodes, you know, that's a lot to condense. So they did smush some plot lines together. They moved some things around at different locations. That was all fine by me. Like if you're going to do it in a way where the beats still hit just as hard, and I feel like we sacrificed a little bit of like character development and like camaraderie and that kind of, and like, you know, the more emotional beats to kind of shove a lot in. And that's where I think they kind of lost me a little bit, you know, cause like I said, it was a beautiful show, like visually beautiful show. Um, I just think that like, you know, they, they missed me with a little, the, some of the choices thing. Okay. <laughs> let, let me, let me ask a question that is maybe a too big of a question to ask at 45 minutes, but I'm actually maybe interested this as, as much to briefly talk about it here as I am for people to respond to us in whatever way possible. So either through Twitter or on the discord, if you're a patron, other than making money. Okay. That's a big piece of it. Yeah. What's the point of live action? adaptation i've been asking myself that since i watched it and i i truly like the only thing i can think of again beyond the money which is obviously the reason um i think like seeing the bending like obviously it's not real cgi but seeing it in a live action setting was really cool like to me that's probably why right getting to see ang like flip in the air and getting to see katara like fight with ice and like all of that is so cool and to see it done like in a live action way where it looks real i mean that's one reason the other reason is again if they wanted to make a darker show a more adult version of this same show i guess a live action is the way to do it um but Can to I me that's you? not enough of a reason to do it but can I, I was thinking about this on my walk this morning. I was just walking my dog. Can I tell you, I think I have an answer that will not be fun for anybody who loves the animated versions of these shows. Oh no. Which is that the purpose of these is to have people watch who will never otherwise watch oh, the animated version of a these thousand things. percent. Yeah. And so from that perspective it's still fair for people who really love the animated thing to be like oh but you're not even you're a cat you know you want it still want it to be good so people watch it and there is there yeah. is a small portion of these people who maybe someone like me who would say like oh maybe i'll watch the animated version now but the other piece is like i wonder i don't okay so I was wondering this morning whether or not it matters to say Netflix executives, whether people who watch the show, the animated show, whether they care about whether those people like it or not. The reason you want those people mm -hmm. to like it is because then the show gets good ratings and reviews right. and there's popularity and people are watching it. There is an argument that at the end of the day, that stuff matters if there's a baseline for how good it will be, so obviously you right. can't have it be like, like Madam Web was like atrocious, but then obviously that was bad. And then people are talking about it. And just right, people talk about how bad it is. Yeah. People talking about it though translate into like people going to see it or not All going press to see is it. Good press. I don't know. But here's my thing the people who like the animated series, and there will be people out there who will be like, no, on principle, I'm never watching it. But how many people watched? avatar this weekend because they watch the animated series so in essence in terms of like the most dollar value that they can attribute to making avatar the last airbender the live action show is to say that people watched it 
Mm-hmm. And if everybody who watched the animated version, not everybody again, but I'm like, if you're not watching out of principle, I actually think you're like an extreme rarity. Or if you watch one episode, you're like, I'm not watching anymore. I also think you're rare. like, I'm guilty yeah. of this. I will go and like watch the thing, even though I'm like, but I love the original thing. And now you're ruining the thing, but I'm watching it. I'm watching so it anyway. If they, so if yeah. all of all of the people who love Avatar go and watch it, you have a huge number of people who just watched your thing. And then if the actual primary goal is to get the people who don't watch it, now that's only like on top. So I feel really bad saying this because I feel, I'm not trying to say you're, if you watch the animated version, your opinion doesn't matter. And ultimately it sucks because the whole thing is about making money. So it's actually like, right. you know, the fact that the, the creators of the show opted out shows that it's not as much of a creative endeavor as it is on money. If they want it to be a moneymaker because clearly Netflix yeah. uh, executives have an idea of what that is that is counterintuitive to what the creators of the show were, were saying. Um, but I think that's a very complicated uh, reality of like these things that are getting made. Like the, Netflix has done uh, Full Metal. Uh, what what is the they did they did uh, yeah Full Metal. They did Cowboy Bebop. They did One Piece. They did Death Note. They've done this. They've done so many of these. And what are they? What are they doing? And I do think the answer is like trying to get people who will never watch an animated show to watch the thing on Netflix that just popped yeah. up on the screens. So yeah, yeah, it's just disappointing. Like especially because you know the original like series creators were like involved and then left because of creative differences. Like I can't imagine being in that room when they pitched some of the ideas and and being the people who have like wrote the source material. And, and not, you know, not agreeing and the Netflix being like, okay, bye. Like, we'll make it without you. They're um, also, they also, they also, uh, uh, Hollywood in general is like super risk averse. That's why IP stuff is so IP driven. So yeah. having something that was successful and then making it into live action, you obviously, they obviously, they are obviously not trying to make something bad. They're not, nobody, even if you are right, the, right. The, the, if you run Netflix to the most like dollar, you know, dollar to dollar the best business is to make something that's good. There's just obviously then limitations. Nobody's trying to make something bad, but they might make it, they might agree that lesser or like making a decision that might mean it's less love. But even that's not, anyway, it's very complicated. Yeah, it is. Um, Should we get into the superlatives? Let's do it. So uh, talk about your favorite scene. You had mentioned you had one in mind. Okay. I, okay. The scene where Katara's mom dies is exactly the type of dark stuff. I actually, I I love. So Mm -hmm. she claims that she's the waterbender and then goes to pretend to bend water. And then she dies is so good. (laughs) It's like, it's exactly perfect. It hurts so bad. Perfect D and D backstory (laughs) stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but the other one I do love, and you know what? I will culminate it, it, and it's not just the moment that Zuko like won't fight his father, or won't like finish his father. Mm-hmm. I'll actually say that the best scene of that is when I think it's it's either he might be Young Lee, but I think he's one of the guys on the ship who are oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You don't understand that actually like Zuko is the most compassionate of any of us, and they hate this little young brat. And then it's revealed that they were the forty first division. And, okay. I do absolutely love the scene. And this is where I think like the foundation of the show is so good. That makes me want to watch the animated series, but where the writing is clunky. So the scene happens where all because Zuko is like, no, don't sacrifice the 41st division and calls the plan bad. So then his dad makes him fight him. Then they fight and then he loses and they, he burns like Zuko's eye. And then um, the dad in the recovery, when he, like Zuko's recovering, he's like, you know, you have to go find the avatar and you can't come back until you find them. And if you like the 41st division so much, why don't you take them? And then Captain Lee or whatever is there. And he goes, but, but we're the 41st division. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, yeah, obviously from the story we got told, like, yeah. yeah, obviously, well, you're the 41st, obviously you're the 41st division, dude. Like, obviously. And why would you say it? Like, like, they needed a way to reveal that like the crew was the, what I feel like they did it, yeah. but they were like, well, if, what if people don't really get it? So what if we have him say like, but you could have had Iroh be like, like see, and then he took you the 41st division thing, but instead they did it in the silliest way. Was like, but we're the 41st. Division. Yeah. <laughs> is the silliest but that yeah. specific scene. I do love because I think it's like, it may it's, you have complicated characters. You have like, I, it's all good. It's all great stuff. Mm-hmm. So I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, funnily enough, that was the one addition to the live action series that I was like, I really like that edition. Oh, actually. that's new. 
that uh yeah like yes yes and that there wasn't like a 41st division that like zuko uh to my knowledge at least uh, correct me if i'm wrong feel free uh but i i believe that it, it no Whoa. i don't think there was like a 41st division um there is a scene where like iroh sits down and talks with all of them and like tries to get through zuko's perspective and yes he does say that like a battle plan is stupid but it's it's not because of the like you're sacrificing all of these men for nothing. Uh, I don't believe that was from the anime uh, series. Uh, yeah, but I, I liked, liked it. I I, I did it. like that edition because yeah. it does like give you a little bit more of like a a view on who Zuko is. Um, yeah, because he's a little bit of a bratty teenager, you know, for the most part in, in yeah. season one. Yeah. Um, for my favorite scene, I mean, in terms of the visual uh, grandness, I loved the final fight. I just thought it was like so yeah, cool looking. Good. Yeah. Like that, that was incredible. I, I love, I just liked watching the bending. Like that's what we're here for. You know, like if I'm going to see a fight scene, I want to see like fire and ice going at it. Um, So I really, really liked that. Uh, And then in terms of like, I don't know, emotional. Also, it was like, uh, Appa looked incredible. Um, I love a flying Ella Sky Bison and Appa looked really good. So credit to them. For okay. I, a great job. I, Okay, again, I've written that character in a Survivor season. In the yeah. Discord. If you're interested, sign up. Well, you can go back and read all the seasons. I've definitely watched scenes. I Is he that big in the... He's huge. He's, He's huge. humongous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They have yeah. a big saddle on him, and you can fit, like, ten people up there. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's so yeah. amazing. He's great. Yeah. Um. All right. Favorite character. Uh, Grace, do you have a favorite uh, character? Uh, it's such a loaded question. It's like, it's, yeah. Well, I think the Zuko stuff is the best. I I do think that I actually really like Aang, um, but and I think the story of him like like and there's a really great another great scene I would say is when Aang decides to go into the Avatar state because he he says I'm not from like I'm not from here and I was never supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really good too. Um I really like we ever talked about Boomy. I really I really I love the idea of Boomy. Um I know some people have said that the um they like ruined him from the oh, show. We'll talk we'll talk about Boomy because he's in one of my superlatives. Okay. Uh but I still liked it. Mm -hmm. And yeah I but I think I'll still go with Suko. Yeah. Yeah, um, for my, I mean, I, I have to give a shout out to Suki. I just thought, like, they did such a good job with her, and I was immediately taken with her. Like, I just, I, and I know she's not one of, like, the main characters, but I felt like they did such a good job with her that I wanted to shout her out as, like, my favorite. Uh, beyond Uncle Iroh, who's just, like, this, this is adorable. I just love him. Um, but yeah, let's get into worst character because hey, Boomy, looking at you, buddy. Uh, this is not the Boomy that I know and love. This Boomy is mean, like very mean, in a way that the Boomy in the animated series isn't. Like, yes, he pushes Aang, but he's not like vindictive and like nasty. And I just thought the vibes, the vibes were not there with this Boomy. I was not a big fan um and uh i mean i know uh what's his name uh a karsh i don't i'm so sorry i don't know how to pronounce his name but he's from ghosts uh, the actor mm -hmm. who plays boomy totally unrecognizable never would have guessed that was him underneath all that prosthetic makeup and stuff but i just i don't know it just didn't work for me it didn't work for me boomy this is not my boomy i okay fair i i think the thing i liked about him being so antagonistic is it feeds into the thing of ang there's so much of the themes about like uh like the stuff that like Katara is trying to convince Aang of that Aang has to do it himself. Uh the thing that Aang is then saying to Zuko of like you've been hurt so much. Like I feel like it feeds really well into the themes of the show that Aang would return back to find somebody he grew up with who has become such a different person than he might have if like Aang was around and had been he had grown up with him. So I actually I did I did like the way he was like actually like kind of like a, a boss he had to, to defeat early on. Yeah. I just yeah. feel like he's wackier, like in he's he's more of like, in my opinion, like a mad hatter sort of character. Um mm. and I just didn't feel that as much. But 
Um, who do you? It's funny though. Again, I feel like he was he was so he was very Manhattan. He was just evil. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Who worst character? Um, I don't know. This is this is kind of tough. Um, I don't know that anybody from like the main cast. I'm like thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I have a worst character. I don't. I feel like I don't have hmm. one. I don't know. I don't know. I Mijao mean, sucks. Like, yeah, I mean, he's not that yeah, character, but he just like sucks. Uh, like Ozai is clearly the worst character. Yeah, like, but Daniel they him though. Yeah, yeah, but he's not like the worst character. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's people who like showed up who I like didn't really. You know, it's like I didn't. You know, Princess you and I'm like I'm so in on Suki and uh then oh, at that Sokka. point so I'm like yeah, yeah what are you doing well, get Suki out of Sokka here duo. yeah yeah then I'm get out of here man. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now for a question that I teased at the end of the last podcast, Grace. If you had to pick a type of bending, which type of bending would you pick? Well, here is the thing. At <laughs> at the summer camp that I grew up with, we yes. have a thing. It's called Concordia Day, which means Harmony of the Earth Day. And mm-hmm. you get put into one of four teams. You get put into <gasps> oh. Earth water air or fire we actually give them the latin names i believe so you're like aqua um or whatever uh the aqua is my jam um my favorite color is blue um, waterbender there's also the tradition so every team goes to get their shield at the beginning of the day and so you lead your team out and to go get it uh, the water uh, uh, aqua team would always get to do the coastal. We got to go into a canoe to get our shield from the middle of the lake. So Ooh. it's obviously the cool where everyone else just has to walk on stupid land to go get theirs. So <laughs> I'm clear. I'm aqua all day. I'm, I'm okay. I'd be on the the water tribe. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've always picked fire. Uh, fire is chaotic and can be good. Yeah. It can be bad. But I, for better or for worse, I, I just, I love it. It's fire. So a Le- what sign is a Leo? What is a Leo sign? Leo is, is a fire sign. What's a Virgo sign? Virgo's an earth sign. Yeah, I thought maybe I would also yeah. do earth. But... but listen, and each one, I won't spoil anything because I, I think it's more fun if you discover it, if you do watch the series. But like each element also has like a side bending, right? So like, okay, water, you can also bend ice. You know what I mean? Like. So each one also has other components, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which is one of the reasons people were so pissed that Aang pretty much flew like immediately. And it's like, that's not OK. He's not supposed to do that. Um, but he did. He flew. Uh, we all saw yeah. it. Don't try yeah. to lie to me and be like, he was bending air. He flew. He flew. Yeah. I saw him fly. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I would pick fire. Fire is very cool. I just I like fire. I don't know what else to say besides. And I know they're like the Slytherins, right? Like it's. But you could be a good firebender. Zuko's just a bad one, you know, and and the king, he's just a bad one. They're not all that way. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, all firebenders. Hashtag not all firebenders. <laughs> <Hashtag, not> all <laughs> um, what about your superlative? The the general superlative that you have for this show, Grace? Oh, I got to go find a big appa. I got to find it. Most likely to make me want to go until I find an appa that I can ride around in forever. Yeah, actually, I, mean, I would like a Momo okay. too. I don't know that I would want a Momo. He seems kind of annoying. I'm not. No, gonna- I want. I want. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. Gosh, what would I? I. It, you know what? Show that really makes me want to like dress up in costume, just mm. like occasion. Like the costumes were so cool, and yeah. the hair. I love the hair on this show. They really nailed it, in my opinion, with like staying true to the way the characters look on the animated series. They did a really, really good job with that um but yeah it makes me want to dress up in costume a little bit and just pretend to bend doesn't soka have more side he's more shaved on the side isn't he isn't he more like top bun back isn't he yeah yeah it's kind of yeah it's like a little little top bun thing Sokka. yeah a little top bun thing is that you said Sokka, or was it someone else no that's what i was saying but then i was worried that i would mispronounce his name so this is that's that's the soka and then ahsoka is from star wars yeah, uh, Sokka is from Avatar. Ahsoka I know the joke doesn't Star. work if I mispronounce Sorry. Right. I know. <laughs> um, and then we have our theme song ranking. And gosh, I have feelings about this. Well, I didn't really do anything. Well, you didn't do anything, and it's not as good as the animated one. The anime. The, do you know what the animated one is, Grace? And I don't know if you know this. Just, just living in the world that we're in. The when, um, 
when Katara's, I believe it's her grandmother. I'm so sorry if it's not. When she is explaining all of the Avatar stuff in like episode one, she literally says the intro. Like she reads a script of the intro. And I was like, mm. why didn't you just do it then? Why didn't you just do the intro properly? See, the thing is, is that like last week we kind of had the same thing where they didn't really have an intro, but I thought the visuals were so good that I put it in fine. But this one feels like it either has to be, I mean, I'm tempted to just put it in trash, but maybe it's just. Skippable. I would love to put it in trash because okay. also the visuals aren't good either. Like it's, okay. it's very serious and it's, it's like almost illegible. I don't like the font. I really don't. Okay. It's not for me. Trash. Uh, let's, let's put it in trash. I'll put it above. It it it's better than Griselda. Griselda was like yeah. literally the word Griselda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll put it above that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, like it's uh, you know, I I don't want to come down too hard on it. It's like it. I was happy to like watch a lot of it, and I really liked the bending and everything. It just like some of the changes they made weren't for me, and like you know. It's fine. It's fine. I, I do think they're like, I'm happy to hear though that Grace, that you enjoyed it as someone who yeah. hasn't seen the animated series. Because yeah. I was very curious to know if it would hit home with you knowing that like for me, it missed the essence of like what I love so much about the animated no, I, series. I like loved it. So yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, should we talk about what we're doing next week, Grace? Let's do it. All right. So there's this show called Expats on Prime with Nicole Kidman. I feel like she's popping off. Like she always pops off, but she's popping off like in the past couple of years, Grace. Yeah, well, she's in those uh those movie theater trailers. So the AMC ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um I'm excited to check this show out. I think it's been it's been coming out weekly, right? So I think the whole it thing is already out. out. Yeah, uh six episodes. It is on Amazon Prime and it's mm-hmm. about basically like you know, uh it's set in Hong Kong um it's based on a novel too right i yes a 2016 novel uh margaret uh nicole plays margaret and it's about the her son going missing i believe but she's like an ex an expat um Mm -hmm. uh yeah Yeah, six episodes about an hour a piece i think so not too much of an underhaul for uh for this next week so if anybody wants to check that out you can listen to us talk about it next week um, as we said before, if you want to subscribe, pushercaps.com slash full spoiler recaps. Grace, anything else you have going on you want to tell people about? Yeah, so Aaron and I will be getting together this week. There's a lot of different things that we could have talked about. Um, then we realized like Dune comes out this Thursday. Maybe we should just cover Dune as soon as it comes out. I have mm-hmm. seen Dune 2, a Dune Part 2. I thought it was amazing. I might go see it again on opening opening night. Is how good it was. So um, look out for something from us this week. We'll be covering Dune at some point, obviously, whether or not it's later this week or early next week um and then um i think i stressed out everybody in the discord by announcing this new show called uh best of tv since 2014 um <laughs> so mike bloom and i each week we will be uh unveiling a list as voted on by the listeners post show recaps we are doing best episodes since 2014 best movies since 2014 best tv characters since 2014 and of course the best television show since 2014 which has the interesting caveat that josh wiggler introduced which says that the show cannot have started before 2014 so the entirety mm-hmm. of the show has to have started after i guess it could not be finished like severance obviously counts so yeah. right 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 yeah so make sure you go and vote look for the trailer all the polls are in there or we sent if you're a patron we sent it there mm-hmm. and if you're in the discord it's in the announcements thread um but yeah people are very stressed and then i told everyone the other day that episodes is coming first they're like but that's the hardest one i said sorry <laughs> sorry just yeah, makes sense thematically I have my TV series list, yeah. I think, done. It's so hard. Ten? Just ten. It's very hard. I haven't done TV episodes, but, like, I mean, really, I'm going to have so many succession episodes. It's not even going to be funny. Um, So, I, I yeah. I, I just found out if you're looking for help today on this, IMDb has a really, really great episode filter thing that you can do where you can sort by the rating of the show, but you can filter it. Like, it had to have been after January 1st, 2014. It has to be in a genre you like. It has to have a certain number of ratings. So you're not just going to get like a thing that has like four or five stars like 10 out of 10 ratings a pretty helpful tool i think if uh, people are looking to do their episode ratings yeah but, uh, but yeah i think it's a tricky it'll be a tricky one yeah. yeah yeah so go fill that out uh in the meantime we're here covering a new show every week it's a grand old time you can also hear me on shit 90 show stop me talking about buffy and felicity we're jacked in on buffy you know what i mean if you watch buffy 
it's wild times. Um, so go check out all of that. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. And until then, you've been fully spoiled. You've been fully recapped.